Hey everyone, it's me, Kania. Um, we had myriad technical issues during this. We got disconnected. Uh, the recordings have desynced. I am doing my very best to edit this so that it is a reasonable podcast. Um, if there are errors, I apologize. I'm doing my, my very best to avoid them, but I am also a very sloppy person. <laughs> So this is your cold open. Um, but yeah, it, please please do enjoy. The audio quality will uh, flip-flop between decent and okay. And there may be slight oddness in the cadence simply because it's it's a weird one. Um, but I, I think I think I've I've got it. I think it's good. Okay. All right, bye. <laughs> Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast, episode 45, holy shit, a video games book club and select button guide and podcast. Every month we play a game either voted on by our listeners or handpicked by one of our intrepid explorers. Uh, this month we were punished by our listeners because we're playing Battle Dodgeball, a game that's like dodgeball but worse. Uh, we'll be discussing it using the four standardized metrics for scoring a video game, which is, of course, vanity, gun, investigation, and revelation. Maybe in that order. I'm your chibi host, Fasilcania, and today I am joined by... Your chibis host, <laughs> Punish Tigress. <laughs> and that's right, it is a two-person episode, because yeah. we couldn't get anyone to record this. <laughs> I mean, we had there were things going on. It was the holidays, and I did actually have a bunch of people sign up. This isn't me sh like shaming anyone. Honestly, it's just We had weird. one person sign up, Kania. We had... we. I've tried to record this three times, and the first time I had like six people sign up. And then the second time, I don't remember what happened. And then The, the second <laughs> time it was me and Gary, and then Gary got COVID, Kania. Editor's note. Gary has recovered from COVID and is doing just fine. Hello, I am not angry at people for not wanting to play this game, as you are going to discover as we as we uh, discuss here. I just want to be clear: what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's. Part of the reason this has been so hard to record is that there's nothing to fucking say about this game. <laughs> Frankly, I'm happy people didn't sign up for this one because it means only two of us has to have to suffer while trying to explain this fucking game. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, as, as a very brief intro, uh, Battle Dodgeball is a dodgeball game released in 1981 by Sun L, whoever that is, and Ban Presto, you know who that is. Uh, and it pits heroes and villains from the Gundam, Ultraman, and is it Kamen Rider? Kamen? Kamen. Kamen Rider. Yeah, Kamen Rider. Uh, universes against each other in dodgeball matches. I copied that directly from Giant Bomb. We also played a game called Bing Bing Bingo for Salaryman Corner, so stay tuned for that because it's dope as hell. It's fucking cool. It is way better than Battle Dodgeball, that's for sure, and it's literally fucking bingo. <laughs> it's literally bingo. <laughs> Um, I asked everyone to play an hour. Uh, how long did you play and how far did you get? Well, I think most of us, I think, I think we mostly played it the same amount of time. I, I played it about, I'm guessing 15 to 30 minutes on my own. And like, 
what, 20 minutes with you, like, two days ago? Yeah, we played Bing Bing Bingo for, like, an hour. I think we played... Yeah, like, a fucking hour. We just played so much Bing Bing Bingo. (laughs) Yeah, I I streamed this game for, I think, a full hour. Um, And then I played it. My condolences. Yeah, no, I mean, it was... I was just... I was... I hmm, video games are one of the only things in this life that make me like spitting furious for no reason. And it's really stupid that this game got me got so under my skin, but yeah, I was very upset by the end of that. Uh. (laughs) And people know I am the one who tries to find the good within every game. And I couldn't. So (laughs) cool. Um, all right. Well, our first topic as always is, well, it's just the two of us. What do you think? Vanity or gun? Let's go vanity. Oh, vanity. Our first topic is vanity. Because I can talk, I can talk about the aesthetics. Because that's like a thing to converse about. You talk about the chibis. The chibis, yeah, chibis or chibis, uh, as to to you know. In case, for whatever reason, someone listening to this isn't into our current in-joke because of that video we watched. I didn't watch it, I'm just playing along. I mean, and if uh, if the editrix could add an audio clip in of that. Hi, I'm Bill Conley with a fun way to draw Chibis or Chibis, depending on which part of the country you come from. That would probably be good. I'm going to start making increasingly um, irresponsible requests of, of you since you're editing it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, so everybody, so, uh, so, so, in case you don't know what a, what a chibi is, it's got these little dudes, they got big heads, Mm -hmm. and the little dudes in question are little dudes from Gundam, Kamen Rider, uh, and Ultraman, I think they have, what, ten frames of animation for every pose? between them on one character yeah they're they're pretty sparsely animated so what we're looking at here is if you've ever played uh the kunio kun dodgeball game what did that come to the the state that is i think that was super dodgeball yeah i think it was super dodgeball yeah and and yeah because there was that game on the nes and the super nintendo so in any case um if you've ever played that which seemingly is is pretty common it's a uh, common writer. It's very much good news. It's the same. We were right. What? Oh, wait, it is super dodgeball. Hell yes. Yeah. So <laughs> if you've played super dodgeball, basically the same thing. We're looking at a dodgeball field. There's three players on each side. They have giant heads, uh, but replace humans with little miniaturized versions of robots and little common writer superheroes. Uh, and Ultraman superheroes and shit. Um, and monsters. And monsters, yeah. Which I, I think the sprite work in this game is pretty good. Um, you you get actually six players per, um, I guess, side, which is interesting. So you have three like main kind of characters. And then on the opposite side of the the court, there's three like miniature. They're, they're, they're all the same. And they're like usually grunts so you get a lot of good sprite work is is what i'm trying i, I to think this is literally just how dodgeball works is it yeah oh yeah i just mean like in terms of like the um effect of it is that you get to just look at a lot of cute characters all the time yeah, There's a lot yeah. of characters on the screen and it's nice wow we found a nice thing to say about this yeah <laughs> 
Um, even though the animations are pretty simple and like basically a little closer to what I would expect out of an NES game, a Super Nintendo game, which is ironic since I actually think the Super Dodgeball game on NES has more frames of animation. Um, uh, and also looks more kinesthetically satisfying from just watching 30 seconds of video of it. We, we, we could have been more prepared for this, uh, but we're not. <laughs> we're not. This game sucked. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's just a lot of cute little animations, little cute, there's backgrounds. I mean, I will say I have sort of a quibble here. And by quibble, I mean, this is kind of a big deal. Like, this is a game where the entire point is, this is a kind of crappy clone of Super Dodgeball. And that's entire gimmick is just, hey, kids, look at, look at your favorite... I don't know when kids watch television. I guess after school, after school, uh, heroes yeah. and Gundam, which is actually targeted more at like eleven to thirteen, eleven to fifteen year olds, than like Ultraman and Common Rider, which are sort of generally kind of younger. Yeah, especially Ultraman. Not to say that those are bad, because I'll, I'll get to that in you know investigation, but. Uh, yeah, but, like, part of the thing is, it's, like, I feel like the appeal of this should be the lushness of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that it should, be... should be graphics, like, very over-the-top. We should be getting special animations, yeah. which there are some, but they're not very good. There are some, but, like, I, I don't, like, you know, because there's, like, a super move. We'll get into that. Um, but I think, like, every volley should have Ultraman shooting, like, a beam, right? Yeah. You know? Like, the ball should be projected by, like, an Ultraman beam, or, like, uh, or like a monster from, from Ultraman or Kamen Rider should have some kind of fire breath and propels the ball forward, right? Yeah. Or, like, if a Gundam jumps, it should have, like, a really obvious jetpack, or, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, yeah. But it kind of doesn't. No. It, it, it's just super grab it. You just grab the ball, and then they throw it. Yeah, it, it, they, it's no different from if just some rando, you know, Kunio Kun character does it. Frankly, <laughs> well, there is a difference because those are charmingly animated, which that's these kind of aren't. Like, you know that those are that's the series where where a lot of it was sold was just on this like kind of appealing animation that the characters had. Like that's why a lot of those things turned up in emotes for years. Like uh, I think this is more River City Ransom, which is a Kunio Kun game, but like. You know, you see the little character with the like bugged out eyes going barf when it gets punched. That's stuff true. like that. That's true. They did a Kunio lot with Kun- a little. These yeah. little Muppet ass characters are pretty. Yeah, impressive. and that's that's to me like what about Kunio Kun? Those characters back in the two thousands were like in every sprite comic because they're very appealing and very engaging, even in their simplicity. And the problem with this a lot of times, especially with like the Gundams and the monsters, is you'd have these characters who were really detailed in their like um animation. Like the Zeta Gundam is a really complex mecha design, especially, you know, for for the era before you could like just put CG shit on everything. Right. <laughs> um and like all the monster suits, like, yeah, sure, they reused a lot of monster suits, but that didn't change the fact that like when they built one of these monster suits, they packed them with detail because if you spray foam, you're going to get detail, yeah, right? Yeah. So you have the, so they're kind of busy looking, I think. 
because you got to squish it all down to a cheap to a chibi size and because they're not really that simplified either like they have the abstract sort of big head in the body but they're they're not super but they're not like elegantly simplified like the ultraman characters shrink down pretty well and sometimes the common writer like the actual writers do but a lot of the others suffer from this, I think. I, I completely agree. Like looking at some of this, the screenshots that I didn't take, but some of the screenshots on Google. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Gundams suffer a lot from being shrunk down. And the uh, the Ultraman characters are pretty, pretty good because those are big, like there's not a lot of detail on them in the first place. You know, they, they have very iconic specific things, a, a silly helmet, maybe like a belt or something. Um, and that's it. That's pretty much makes Ultraman for you. Um, but yeah, the, the ones in it, it, the big robos just don't work very well. And yeah, they're not animated. Yeah. It's just like here, Kenny, I just posted a picture of the Zeta Gundam from like a piece of cons, like a piece of like sort of production art, like promotional art for Zeta Gundam. Look at that thing. It looks nice. <laughs> no, I mean it looks really cool. The Zeta Gundam is like one of my favorite mecha designs, like ever. But it's like it's really busy and complicated. The thing about it, though, is what's great about it is that the design of the Zeta is so busy, but also still has a lot of really clear lines. Yeah, and it doesn't translate, which is weird because it translates pretty well in the actual SD Gundam cartoons. Oh wait, there's SD Gundam cartoons. <laughs> talk about that investigation because we don't have a lot of shit to talk about. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> shit i just learned a lot there's a psp ver there's a battle dodgeball 3 for psp i had no idea this might be like it looks like they took a super nintendo version and made it widescreen i will also talk about the battle series to the best of my oh, limited boy. ability because <laughs> we don't have a lot to talk about <laughs> good okay cool i'm just learning all of this now clearly not prepared um <laughs> so yeah i don't know it's just it's whatever it didn't strike me as anything interesting as somebody who's not really a fan of any of these series i do expect like gundam wing endless duel is obviously a completely different game but i understood the appeal of gundams from playing that game um because i'm like oh also, these are cool as shit the game's really the game's also good which is i don't usually like fighting games so it must be pretty good <laughs> well it's really accessible like i wouldn't say it's the best fighting game ever made but like by the standards of like the average gundam game quality especially back then it's definitely head and shoulders above most of the other ones yeah but like squishing them down like this and just like it, it just doesn't do do them any justice and they do bad sprite work for it so. i will say this the zakus look great the little zakus look great Googling Zaku Gundam. Oh, the little red guys with the well, green guys. Green guy. But yeah, right. Are they the ones on the sidelines? Those are the ones on the sidelines. Okay, yeah. cool. These are these must be grunts or something, huh? They are. They are the grunt. The Zaku is like the archetypal um, grunt mecha. Got it. It is the grunt mecha which all other grunt mecha spring forth from. It is the inv It. They added it when they in. It is the first grunt mecha because mecha did not have grunt mecha but that's a whole gundam thing but but essentially yeah it is the gruntiest grunt mecha and it's also one of my favorite mecha designs it's very cute i like it <laughs> i love the i love the zaku very iconic wow this 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 model looks like a car like a cartoon come to life i love it i'm just gonna send a picture of something from amazon <laughs> or not never mind it's not loading right but um yeah so i i'm trying to think 
We've also had music in this game, right? Do you remember any of it? <laughs> no. None. <laughs> like I don't even I could I don't even remember enough to criticize about it. We played this three days ago or whenever. Like that was very Yeah, recent. yeah. Uh literally day before yesterday, I wanna say. No, 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 we played it Thursday. Yeah, and now it's Sunday. So three days ago. I don't remember shit. <laughs> like this is it it's just nothing. And like Something we've talked about multiple times is how this is a game designed for kids, but I think this is an insult. Literally eight-year-olds. Yeah, this is an insult for games designed for kids, though, because, like, I've played enough kids' games as a kid and as an adult to know that you don't have to make shit for kids. This feels very, like, eh, whatever, who cares? Just make it. The world was in a world... This came into a world, I guess... I don't think it had come out yet, but... This came into uh, onto a system that would eventually bear uh, bear forth Kirby Superstar, right? Yeah, like yeah, that's a game that is you, you easy. Can... It's not like striving to be anything tremendously interesting. It's very short. I disagree with that. Well, but that would be a... you know what I mean, though. It's like yeah, it's it's not <clears throat> it's breaking the mold in some ways, but it's a very safe bet in others. Yeah, and you can hand that to... And what I'm saying is you could hand that game to an 8-year-old. That game expects an 8-year-old to pick it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, frankly, they expect 8-year-olds to pick up Mario World 2. Mm-hmm. Exactly, like that kind of stuff is... It's just, you know, to say it's a kid game doesn't excuse any of the poor design decisions. <laughs> I mean, I was playing... I was playing all the Mario games when I was literally 8. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's just... So visually not very interesting to uh, bordering on bad um, musically, whatever the sound effects are okay. I don't feel like they're very impactful. It just doesn't quite do anything right. It feels like there wasn't a lot of effort put in. I know there was some nice like art in the story mode. Like there was like a big sort of, sort of iconic graphic at the start of the, excuse me, start of the story mode. I wish I'd taken any screenshots of this game. <laughs> you know, now that you mention it, me too. Something <laughs> about it just never, like, usually I start taking screenshots and something happens and I'm like, holy shit, I should have taken a screenshot. And then I get, like, go overboard in screenshots. That didn't happen. No. I mean, the title graphic, the title graphic is battle, like, doesn't even have anything about this. It's just a sports stadium. Yeah, with a bunch of robots in it. <laughs> Like the backgrounds, like even when the backgrounds vaguely allude to being in space or something, they never call attention to themselves, which would seemingly be something that would be really fun, right? Oh, yeah, I guess some of the backgrounds are like in space, aren't they? Yeah, but it's so, but since most of it's just a court, you only really see that in the edges and you're not looking at the edges. There's nothing that screams, I'm on a space station, or I'm on an asteroid, or I'm in the quarry that every episode of common writer goes to. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> or I'm on a little set that Ultraman crushes, right? Like I'm sure it was there. Cause I, when I really force myself to think about it, they did have theme backgrounds. I just can't remember it. And I did play this. Like I, I have played this for like a few hours. You know, like I played this a couple days ago. I played this more extensively earlier. I 
I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's weird. Well, I'm it's looking up um, screenshots, and a lot of them mixed in are Battle Dodgeball 2, the, uh, the direct sequel to Battle Dodgeball. Um, looks like it was released in 93, so two years later. And I played this game, and I remember playing this game because of the graphics. And let me send you a screenshot here. Hold on. It's small, but that little... That's um, way better looking. Yeah, it's it's an icy background. So it's like, you know, it looks like you're on an iceberg floating in the middle of the ocean. There's some other icebergs out there. The monsters on the right side, I don't know what the fuck they're from, but they're very clearly defined. There's like one that looks like a bug with like glowing lava boobs. I don't know what's going on, but it, <laughs> it, looks, it, it looks good. It looks cute. They're shaded very well. And I remember this. I remember playing this when I was a kid. Like, we're talking... 20 years ago maybe um so there's th this is definitely something where i think that they needed time and maybe they didn't have it because the sequel is clearly sh has a lot more love to it i also remember in that game i'm pretty sure the uh the, there's a mechanic we'll talk about with like super attacks that you never get to use i'm pretty sure in battle dodgeball 2 it's a lot easier to use those you get a lot more special animations and stuff simply because it's more accessible so um yeah, maybe we should have just played two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of looking, kind of looking like what we should have done. Also, the boobs you mentioned are the eyes on a common rider. Just, just say. Wait, they're in the chest <laughs> on the right side. That weird looking insect. No, the other insect, the one, <laughs> the one on the right side that has like antenna sticking out of its head. Oh, that one. Yeah. Those look, I don't know what that one is. It's got lava boobs. I know those are eyes. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> I'm sorry for being an asshole and assuming. No, no, that's actually really. Like, funny. I'm just assuming that if I, yeah, I'm just looking at it as like, yeah, I guess if I didn't know what the fuck was going on, I could think that was a boob. On the old, <laughs> you know, like no, I appreciate on the it. common writers there. I think. Wait, I have to send you another screenshot. Hit me. Who's that character in the back with the like the bat for a head? Do you, does that ring any bells? Oh my god! We I can't believe it. This game is so unmemorable. We forgot that there were Mazinger characters in it. No, that's from two. <laughs> oh, that's two. Okay. Okay. I, I was trying. To there think might be Mazinger characters. In, there's Mazinger characters in one. I'm looking oh. this up. There's also Mazinger characters. I cannot. I cannot forgive myself for forgetting that there were character there were that there was a team of Mazingers. I would, I think that's Devil Man. <laughs> no, that's not Dev, Devil Man. Oh wait, no, the second one. Yeah, okay, that is Devil Man. That does kind of look like Devil Man. I think Devil Man's in that game. <laughs> well, Mazingers from Gona Guy. That's the Devil Man guy. Oh, oh yes, I remember reading about this. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Okay. So that does seem plausible to me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Mazinger and Devil Man are both in Battle Dodgeball too. Let's get. We should have played that game. For I made, children, you know. Yeah, for, for children. children. Watch Devil, Devil Man. Watch Devil for Man. Children. Cry Baby. I watched it. It's traumatic and violent. <laughs> I love. It's traumatic, violent, and I loved it. And I'm yeah. probably going to get canceled for saying that. No, I liked it a lot. It was it was really troublesome in a lot of ways, and I I would. It was a game that really got to the heart of the of the anxiety of 
of queer feelings and queer relationships in a way that I did not expect a cartoon about demons to do. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's Battle Dodgeball Tool 2. That's Devilman. The first one sucks. It's bad. It's not, it doesn't have as many characters as you'd think it would. They're not drawn well. The music sucks. The background suck. I don't have anything else to say about Vanity, really. It's got a, it's got a Zeong in it. I don't know what that means. The people who care about that will know what it means. <laughs> well, I hope the people who care about that are listening. <laughs> uh, they are. <laughs> All right. Well. Shout out to my peeps who know what a Zeong is. <laughs> um, oh, God. Someone's streaming Septera Core, and I so want to go watch that. I'm not. Well, you're that. not because we're <laughs> fucking in this. Old... Love Septera Core. All right. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on to our next category. This one should be... I have a lot more to say about it. Yeah, yeah. So let's... Next category, as always, is gun. And I need to use the bathroom again. Okay, cool. I'll vamp for a while. (laughs) This seems like a good... Pause. Yep. One sec. Future Tigress. If you're hearing this, it's already too late. <laughs> I've poisoned your MP3, and now you have brain poisoning. Um, you have to edit this within the next two hours, or your brain will implode. All right, I'm going to stop talking in case you get back from the bathroom to hear about my secret plot before you edit the cast. Awake from your sleep, I have arrived on the future. Uh, we're in gun now. It's time for gun. Gun! This game has no guns in it, but... Actually, it's not true. It does have guns in it. <laughs> it absolutely has guns in it. Um, so this this game plays by uh, utterly non-standard dodgeball ball rules, looking at how dodgeball works. I watched a couple of videos. Um, <laughs> so I'm an expert now. Um, in this game, there is one ball. There's three people on each side, plus three people outside the court who are on opposite sides as their regular team. Meaning that if the ball is thrown outside the court, somebody from the opposing team can pick it up and throw it back in and possibly hit someone. Right. So that's the thing or pass it back to the other, to their own team. Um, some of the main mechanics in this are you have hit points instead of getting tagged out and you just immediately lose. Um, you have stats that determine, so it's RPG ish uh, that determine things like your walking speed, running speed, jumping height, um, your hit points, your strength, so how many hit points you take away from somebody when you hit them, the speed with which you throw the ball, pretty much everything you do is determined by these stats. Different characters come with different stats, and if you play through the story mode, you can upgrade them by paying money by basically winning. If you win, you can upgrade them. Um, and the, the, there's special moves that you can get by catching the ball. Every time you catch the ball, you, you get like one point. Um, you need like 10 points or something ridiculous to trigger a special move. I saw it once. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I think it might be like six or seven, but it, Oh, I mean, if you're playing against the AI, I saw it plenty. 
on the AI side. <laughs> I was playing with a team with such high strength that they hardly ever caught the ball, which was weird. I think like there, there's a number of things that I'm not certain how it works and I can't find any certainty on how it works. So um, there's a mechanic where if you, if somebody throws the ball while they're on the ground, if you duck, you're invincible. They cannot hit you. But if they throw the ball while they're in the air, then they can't hit you and they will hit you if you duck. Um, but you can also catch the ball by hitting the throw button as soon as it hits you. But it doesn't always work. And I think it's stat based because sometimes I had really good luck catching the ball if I was playing like a really fast character. And if I was playing a really strong slow character, I fucking never caught the ball. <laughs> um, and I think it has to do with the opposing team stats as well. So I'm wondering if it's harder to catch a ball from a stronger character or something like that. Um, so, and that's, that's it. The special moves do some hit point damage, not as much as you'd think. Um, yeah, that's really it. That's it. It sucks. <laughs> it takes a lot of catching. It takes, it takes a lot of catching to build that meter up. Yeah. Well, and like, the, there's really funny concessions to... I, I would assume sprite limits or playability for two players. But frankly, the fact that there's only one ball means you essentially are just trading blows. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Um, there needed to be three balls to make this into a team sport. Cause that's another thing. There are three people on each side, but they're essentially just a hit point meter at the end of the day. Yes. And you can, which you switch between by pressing the select button. Hey, hey oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's just, there's not much to talk about mechanically other than the fact of how frustrating it is. Oh, there is, um, there are two single player modes. There's a tournament mode, which if I'm remembering correctly, do you get points in the tournament mode for upgrading your characters? I think you do. I cannot remember you know i'm not even going to pretend that i do you know it's not even a tournament mode it's actually more like street fighter where you can you kind of pick from six fighters there's six teams that you fight against you don't have to fight them in a specific order it's not even like street fighter i don't even, I don't even know that isn't that is not how street fighter works yeah i don't know what the fuck at all is. that's in order this isn't in order but it's not a tournament is basically it and it um and between fights you get points to upgrade your characters if you lose, you get less points, but you can still upgrade your characters. And um, there's no there's no uh, penalty for losing, other than you don't get as many points and you don't continue the story. Or the I mean, this tournament. is literally for eight year olds, so that doesn't seem. In contrast to the story mode, <laughs> <laughs> which is like a story. I can't read Japanese. We didn't mention it's all in Japanese. Uh, <laughs> um, it's it, it's like it's got a you know you kind of walk around the town there are random encounters there's stores that you purchase foods or something that upgrade your your characters so it's not quite as direct and you get money for winning random encounters now here's the thing it has permadeath so if one of your characters runs out of hit points they're dead forever and if you die game over you have to go Are back to your sure last save. No way to like resurrect it somewhere in the town. Like there may be, but they disappear from your party menu like they never existed. <laughs> it is, as far as I could tell, brutally difficult. The prices on upgrading your stats too was absurdly high, and every uh, 
oh yeah, and you didn't heal between encounters. There's no way to heal for free. So you have to purchase things to heal and random encounters take more hit points from you than they pay money to buy healing items. It's, I, there might be some trick to it that I'm missing. There might be something very simple that I'm not understanding because I don't read the language. But by all rights, it was one of the most unfairly difficult things I've ever seen in a, in a game for children. <laughs> I can't believe Akatoshi Kawazu made a dodgeball game for Bandai. <laughs> There's also your your sort of very standard two player mode. Um, each team, each person picks a team. Um, they can pick the default teams, or they can load teams from a saved game, or enter some sort of password, which I didn't fully understand. But I'm assuming you can take your team from your cartridge and bring it to someone else's house. That seems like where the meat of the game is, is to upgrade your team in uh, the not brutally difficult turn, uh, story mode, uh, upgrade in the tournament mode or whatever, get a password and bring it to your friend and beat the shit out of them. That seems to be where all the fun is at. Basically, yeah, as far as I can tell. And, and we played, yeah, we played online for about half an hour. We played on- Yeah, we, we did. We did. We, we definitely did. Yeah. And we, we played using Parsec. I hosted, so I had like the uh, the benefit of no latency whatsoever. So of course I, I did a lot of winning. You had like a pretty bad latency, but also this game does control like shit. There's a decent amount of latency on the yeah. kind of move. <laughs> yeah, I think part of it was additionally that like I couldn't even compensate for the latency because I was already compensating for latency. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was, um, but it, I had a fun time. I had a good time like, Playing against a human is more interesting because the AI tends to stay back from the line. They don't take risks, which means that you can beat them through attrition and slightly smarter play. But playing against you, it was clear that you you were trying to win. You were doing things that were interesting, which means that I could sometimes lose the advantage and sometimes gain it. So if you were really close to the line and I managed to hit you with a ball, the ball would pop back to my side and I could hit you again. And that feels good. That feels like we're not just trading blows, you know? Yeah. I will say you're, you are definitely attributing way more awareness and conscientious intent to what I was doing than I think I had. <laughs> oh, that's fair. But so I was like, okay, I'm going to get the ball and then I'm going to like hit it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's definitely, there's not much to do. One of the coolest things you can do is you can run up to the line, you can jump over the line, and as long as you don't touch the ground, you can still throw the ball. So you can get really up in someone's face and then throw the ball at them. Now, once you hit the ground, you lose control of your character and they pretty slowly bat walk back to the other side. So you're also vulnerable at that stage. So that's a nice, like, but that's all from Super Dodgeball. It's the same shit in Super Dodgeball. So, yeah. That's I it. think anyway. Yeah, no, it's absolutely the same. I've played, I have I like dodgeball. I want to like dodgeball games, and none of them are good. I think also Super Dodgeball sucks, but at least it's somewhat charming. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a frustratingly dull game. There's nothing to recommend it, it mechanically. If you could at least do really wild special moves, or you could... I mean, even just pump fake the ball, like, so it looks like you're going to throw and you don't. Like, even that would be a level of interestingness that this game does yeah. not achieve. <laughs> and just the statistical aspect of it makes it all the more frustrating to me. 
a hundred percent because you never know when it's a skill thing versus a uh a stat thing right like yeah I don't like know. if it had some indicator that you like missed because of a stat thing like you would have grabbed it but you didn't that would be a little better yeah like a little ting sound or something anything or like a yeah, or like, you know, you double over and say barf because it hit you so hard. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like something to indicate a difference between you physically missed it and you failed a die roll. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's just, you know, the the only thing to really recommend it is how absurdly difficult the story mode is. It's funny to go in there and just get absolutely obliterated by this game. That is otherwise not necessarily a cakewalk, but certainly very simple. <laughs> yes, and if you can't speak Japanese, a uh, story is sort of not really a thing you have access to. Exactly. So you just get to watch some Gundam ass Gundams talk at you for a while. <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it mechanically. That's it. It's just laying out the mechanics and then saying basically it sucks. <laughs> yeah. There really isn't much to talk about with this thing. Nope. Well, is that it? <laughs> I think that might be it. I think that's it for the mechanics. I can't think of anything we didn't cover, so... Don't play this game. <laughs> Don't waste your time, is what we're saying. You've learned everything that we learned about... I sort of assumed we were wrapping, we wrapped up gun. Yeah, we're going on to the next segment. Um, Just for, for your editing ease, I'll just say this. We had some technical difficulties in the middle of this. So if there's any weird cuts here, that's why. <laughs> if there's any weird cuts in the future, that's why. Internet, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, let's just get out of, let's just, let's just go on to greener pastures. Um, we're going to talk about our next topic, which is, uh-oh, it's a wild salaryman game. Dun, dun, dun. Um, it's salaryman corner. Corner, corner, corner. <laughs> I resisted the urge. This week for Salaryman Corner, we did a game that I may have handpicked because it was almost Christmas. It is not almost Christmas anymore. <laughs> we are hurtling towards February as of the time of this recording. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> what I picked was something called Bing Bing Bingo. Um, it is not about Bing Cherries. It is not about Chandler Bing. It is a bingo game. It is It is also not about one of my uh, favorite energy drinks, Bing, which is what why I am awake-ish today. Also not about balls. Um, but it... See, my other favorite energy drink. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of an odd little piece of software. It, it ended up in the salaryman corner because it's technically a gambling game. This is a salaryman. It's kind of a family game. 
I would put I this th- as a family game. I think this is for salary, salary men and salary women, personally. Yeah, we'll see. We'll get into it. But basically, it is a bingo caller on your Famicom. But it has many different ways of doing that. It has four different ways of pulling bingo numbers. I'm pulling this from memory because I, I don't have anything right in front of me. I'll pull up some screenshots in a minute. Um, but we've got four different ones. We've got a slot machine, which is truly random. It just pulls random bingo numbers like a regular bingo caller would. It has a, uh, let's see, there's a skydiving one. That's probably the least random. Imagine the skydiving thing from uh, Pilot Wings, except you really never open your parachute. Um, and also it's constantly spinning with this nauseating mode seven effect. But essentially it lets you pick your number, which is cool. <laughs> um, there's a pirate ship, which lets you basically pick what column it will be in. So you can say, oh, okay, I definitely want to be. Um, and we'll get into why this is important later. And then it has, the reason I picked it was it because it has a Santa themed version of it where it's one of those I don't know what to call these, but like yeah. almost Plinko esque, but with lines instead of pegs. Like yeah, it, there's like a line that that that's you like pick a line and like a little cartoon Santa travels down that line, and if it there's a branching path, Santa always takes the branching path. Yes, yes, unless there's a monster there. <laughs> unless there's a random monster, yeah. So and and that's pretty much. It it's a there's some mini games we'll talk about them in a minute but the main main feature is the bingo thing. Um, there's a couple of ways to play it. There's a way to track your bingo in a two player mode, so it gives you a random card which you can sift through and pick new random cards if you like. Um, and then you play the mini games and it automatically keeps track of of what gets called and who that's good for. And then players take turns interacting with the games to uh, pick the numbers that they want, or in the case of the slot machine, just it's random. Um, And then there's another mode that's more of a party mode where it just calls bingo numbers and then has a big grid of what's been picked. So it doesn't keep track of who gets bingo. And you can tell it manually that somebody got it. So you would need physical bingo cards for that. Um, Yeah. And it's very aesthetically pleasing, and it's kind of an interesting game to play in terms of like how you kind of get to pick your own numbers. And then it's just a good hangout game. Like we played this for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I think like an hour and a half. Like I it was very appealing as a background thing. Yeah, it was pretty chill. Like when I played this on stream, like I had five or six people and we were all kind of excited to see what was going to happen. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Like I couldn't see like, you know, playing like a week of this, but I could see that pulling this out like once a month or something. Yeah. Like it would be fun. I want to pull this out for the next meetup. I want to do, I want to print bingo cards and have a big bingo game and it'll be really dumb, uh, but it'll be fun. Um, so yeah, and each game is very not aesthetically different, but just it has a lot of little, you know, aesthetical aesthetic flourishes, like the aforementioned random monsters that pop up in Santa's path to, to victory, which I think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> or the the pirate ship with the little people like swabbing the deck as you pick the cannon to fire. Yeah. And each of the each of the cannons being a, a particular color which corresponds to one of the letters, which is weird because you can kind of just pick the 
color there. I there's sort of strategy there, not much, but there's some. Yeah, there's a little bit. Like it engages you enough. You have to look at your bingo card and decide what number you want from that that would be the best for you and the worst for the other player. And that's not a a hard decision, but it's a fun little bit of interaction. And then there's luck with it, you know. I think the pirate ship despite it being the most repetitive was my favorite game to play because you had a little bit of luck. Um, I like, I liked Santa. I like the Santa one personally. Yeah. The strategy in that one comes down to, you can, the, the numbers are laid out left to right, you know, one to 79 or whatever. And so you pick where you drop Santa in and then it sort of randomly, it doesn't randomly, but it follows that path to somewhere nearby. So you don't get to pick the column. You get to pick the neighborhood that, that Santa's going to land in. So there's a little bit more like slot machine-ness to it while still maintaining the fact that there's a little bit of strategy. But like so minuscule. Minuscule. Yeah, this is still a game of chance. It's still bingo. Except for the the skydiving one, which you just basically get to pick a number as long as you don't throw up. (laughs) Which is hard. And also, well, the other player can interfere a little bit. I never found that to be too much of an issue, but it does like, so if, if the other player hits one of their directional buttons, a little robot with two fans will come out and try to blow them in a different direction. Yeah. Uh, It's cute. It's, I don't know. Oh, and, and of course horse racing. Oh yeah. So we've got mini games here. We've got horse racing. Um, it's horse racing. It has a, a specific mode for betting, which I thought was funny. You have to bet on which two horses you think will win. That's the only way to bet. Um, each player gets what? Did we start with 5000 bucks, 10000 something like that. Something like that. Maybe like, maybe like, I can't even remember the number. It didn't matter. You, the last <laughs> race we played, you bet all the money. You bet 1500 which is the maximum bet you can make. You can make three bets of 500 you bet fifteen hundred on the longest shot and won like thirty thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was hilarious. That that rolled. Um, there's no uh, end game to that, as far as we could tell. It just yeah. Goes. Well, I'm sure there's not because it's you know it's a gambling game. Yeah, it's, it's all about facilitating the gambling. And like the thing is, I think the horses had names, but they were all in hiragana, and I am very rusty in hiragana. So I couldn't tell it. So basically it just felt like we were calling out numbers. Yeah. It was just like horse two and seven are going to, yeah. And I, six. at the time I compared it to the Tim and Eric sketch where they're like, where, where you have the two competing price dealerships. Oh yeah. I like that. <laughs> where there are, where they're saying, I got premium prices. I got bargain prices. Three ninety nine for $2. <laughs> yeah. We got, I'm slashing prices on prices. <laughs> so yeah that was a fun little diversion um there's an arm wrestling game which is really just just tap, tap a. a although there is a little there is sort of a quirk there so uh, so there's a couple different characters in that one and they all have like cute cute designs like the toughest one is actually an old lady yeah i thought that was cute and what's actually extra fun about that and like what's weird is that each character, like player one, can pick from a neutral character or a character with a plus two bonus, which I think is a monster. And no, player the, the granny is plus two. No, the granny's plus three. That's what's oh. weird. So the monster on one is on one. I seem to recall, 
and they get a plus two. And Granny is player two, and she gets a plus three. So you either don't have a bonus, or you have a bonus contingent on whether you are player one or player two. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how big of a bonus that was, because it didn't feel like I was like giving me three extra ones with every button press. No, no, it was um, clearly adding like a percentage or something, but yeah. it, was, it was not. My, it, it was definitely there. Like when I tried to, be yeah, AI, yeah, it, it absolutely was there. But I still don't know exactly what it was. Yeah, but whatever. Exactly. I mean, I I don't think that was the purpose. And like, if I was playing this in a setting, I'd be playing either the bingo modes or maybe the horse. I could imagine people getting stupidly into the horse betting vert mode, right? Yeah, like... Like, Even though it was very aesthetically plain, I could see people getting really into it because we were getting really into it. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. I'm imagining, like, a room full of people all yelling at some stupid horse and, like, Rudy slowly translating all the names of the horses. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. (laughs) That'd be pretty great, right? Yeah. Oh, there's a third one. Oh, it was Whack-A-Mole. It sucks shit. Yeah, you just, there's a mole in a hole, you press the the button, that corresponds to the hole, that's it. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Weirdly, I like the one where you just hammered the A button a little more, and I don't really know why, because it's not like, it's not like that's a game, right? It's better than, uh, the the Whack-A-Mole felt like you could just smash whatever direction because they were coming up so fast that you would hit something. So it really just felt like luck. Whereas this, the a button game, despite the fact that Parsec was, was severely setting you back, um, was much, much less like luck based. So, you yeah. know, it's a little more fun to directly compete. It's like arm wrestling. You just want to, I'm stronger than you. Ha ha. You know? Yeah. Ha, ha. <laughs> uh, this is an utterly meaningless competition, but it feels kind of satisfying. Yeah. Now, I have written one note for this game. I have a big piece of paper here that says (laughs) (laughs) horse racing vinyl. I have underlined it three times. Can you tell me the thing that you said that made me write that note? (laughs) Okay, so this has very little to do with this game. And I I, I picked this up like, you're going to immediately identify that I watched the Techmoan YouTube channel by bringing this up, but... You know, if you don't watch that, this will be new to you. Um, But I want to cite my sources, because that's the good academic thing. Um, But essentially, what it is, is... So so back, I think in like the 60s, I I cannot recall the name off the top. There's this this horse racing game where uh, you would like... It's like a it's like a box tabletop game and and you bet and it's got like a bunch of score pads and fake money and you bet money on these horse races. But the way it handles the actual horse race is you put a vinyl record on and I think it has like four vinyl records each with like two sides and uh, or maybe more and you put it on the record player and its grooves are designed oh. in such a way that there's several routes the needle can go f- through on the record, right? 
So it will say the horse names and it will say this, you know, XDX is in the lead, XDX is whatever. And the thing is that at key points, it'll hit a little two-way groove and you won't know whether it'll go into one groove or another groove. And I think the races have like two or three, two, maybe even four outcomes per side. Like there's several outcomes per side. And there's several records, and there's and both of them have multiple sides. I think there might even be multiple races on one side. Uh, I don't a hundred percent know that, but there but some amount. So you are betting on this vinyl record with a randomized outcome via vinyl. Isn't that so fucking cool? Yeah. It, isn't that the coolest shit? Well, and you mentioned it because I was trying to remember what that reminded me of, and it reminded me of there's a Monty Python record that has two grooves on it, and you can't yeah. really tell which one you're going to get from the beginning. But this takes that concept even further with branching narrative paths. <laughs> just like, yeah. whoa. I don't know. Like, I think it's like it might just be the resolution that's random, but yeah, it is. It's still pretty wild, and it's a really interesting way of setting this up. Yeah, like that's super cool. Like, I think that. It's just interesting to see how... Well, I, I think it relates to Bing Bing Bingo and that it's an unexpected use of technology. I wouldn't have thought of using a Super Nintendo or a Famicom, I guess, in this case, um, for running a bingo game? Like, what the fuck? Like, that's weird. Um, it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and it also, like, we we had a little bit of the manual translated thanks to Rudy, and especially Rudy's wife. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh who helped us like sort of figure it out and the manual seems less like a dis- like instructions on playing the game and more like how to set up the situation of your bingo party while playing the game right <laughs> and and that was just very fun to me the idea that this is a game where you're supposed to get people together and and sit around and um and and uh specifically the thing that really struck me out struck struck stuck out to me uh rudy had some difficulty translating and lady root i probably shouldn't say rudy had difficulty translating it but like there was this one part of the manual that was kind of difficult to translate and we figured it out and by we i mean rudy and rudy's wife figured it out (laughs) uh which was that this game was that was that you were supposed to look for a bunny Right. Which was, you're supposed to look around the room and find the bunny girl who will be calling out bingo numbers for everyone. And it had, like, a list of qualities to look for in a bunny girl amongst (laughs) you. And I could just see, you know, I could... You know, like I could just see like like someone having fun and like like, you know, some some tired, slightly drunk Japanese father being declared the the money, the bunny girl. Right. And just everybody cheering and, and smiling and stuff while playing this game. I love it. <laughs> like, it. Like it was just this very pleasant mental image or, you know, of like people having a good time that this conjured in my head. And I don't know if that actually happened. But I like the the mental image it formed, and I could see doing this in real life that that would be a fun mental image that would form, and a, a, like a fun thing that could happen. And so this game conjures ideas 
of enjoyable times. And even if it's just making me think of hypothetical enjoyable times or making me remember enjoyable times in many ways, it was the, it was the complete opposite of battle dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah. It was really kind of making me think, what about the poor children who got this, game, that game? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The, con- the consistent refrain from when I was trying to play every game boy game alphabetically for me, was like, God, can you imagine getting this for your birthday? And it's like your only game boy game. Like, just the Jeez, war yeah <laughs> like that kind of thing you know i mean yeah. i got like like i just think about the year my grandmother like i got a game boy color and i got like the pikachu game boy color oh yeah i remember that uh and so i had pokemon yellow and i also had like a comp and i also had like a black and i also had like conquer's pocket tails already because it was already black and white and because it could be played on black and white Game Boy or color gameplay boy, and it's way better on color because the save mechanics are much less stupid. That's um, fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know why the save mechanic was different for both of them. I have so many questions. Me too. <laughs> but this game, they had this scene. They had the what was it? Um. But, uh, but like, my grandmother got me a copy of Toy Story 2 for Game Boy Color. And it was, like, I think that was, like, when I was, like, just, please just get me games I ask for. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, like, why Toy Story 2? And I, and I will, and I, I, this memory sticks out so sharply in my mind because it's, like, the only really bad Game Boy game I ever got. That's she was funny. very well-meaning, but like <laughs> the most well-meaning thing is like she said, it's either that or Smurf. I was e- it was down to that or Smurfs. You're like, thank you. And this confused the well. shit out of me because I had never seen an episode of Smurfs in my life at that <laughs> point. I, mean, I still haven't seen an episode of Smurfs. I was sort of aware of the existence of Smurfs as a concept, but I didn't know what they were, and so I was really confused. <laughs> by why would my grandmother think i was into smurfs <laughs> my my um my parents were shockingly good at picking game boy games for me because i did have a game boy color it's my first like i own this kind of console slash handheld whatever video game device and um my i remember one year uh my mom got me dragon warrior monsters or dragon quest monsters as is known now and was like well you like pokemon so i thought you might like this one and of all of the Pokemon clones she could have gotten, that is 100% the best one. Yeah, it's absolutely the best one. In, in fact, I would have argued for a while that it was better than Pokemon. I think mechanically it is. And then... It, it, I mean, it's it's a sharper game mechanically. I don't know if the experience is necessarily better, because 90% of Pokemon's the experience. Yeah, yeah. It, like, I, I remember that game kind of introducing me to, like, roguelite mechanics of all fucking games. And it, it was dope. Yeah, because it's... it's basically a a fusion of poke of like monster it's like it's got like monster collection and but it's based on the tried and true dragon quest combat design but it's also based on the mystery dungeon series so it's like yeah so but the thing is like altogether it's like this game rules like it's actually really good mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a real wild combo <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that first Game Boy and the second Game Boy ones are, are definitely the high points of, of that series and some of the best Pokemon quote-unquote clones. And then at one point, they got me Lucky Luke, which was a, a cowboy platformer 
Um, and it was based on like a what? What is that? A Dutch cartoon or something? Anyway, uh, I I want to say it's it's uh, I want to say it's Belgian, but I I don't know. It's some European comic, like a lot of Game Boy games. It's based on a European comic that never came, that had not come out in America by that point. That sounds right. This has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, no, it's just fun. I mean, what, I mean we've been recording for about an hour, and we're almost halfway we're more than halfway through so <laughs> um which is low for us all right so let's let's move on though i think so bing bing bingo i i just want to sum it up because i was thinking about this it does a lot with a little and i do think that's sort of the polar opposite of the gundam game which does very little with a lot <laughs> there's a lot you could do and they don't do anything with it i mean it's not just gundam that's part of it right the dodgeball game sorry <laughs> the dodgeball yeah, game with all a of a lot the of stuff in here yeah like and they don't do shit with it. So that's my summary of it. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Let's get back on, on horrible, horrible track here. And we'll talk about our next uh, segment, which is investigation. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but I didn't investigate anything. <laughs> I I mean I I didn't investigate a super lot either, but but I have a lot of tangential stuff that can sort of contextualize this a little bit. I think. Nice. Okay. Um. Yes, please. Contextualize okay. me. So, this is by Ban Presto, and if you are familiar with um older games, especially like yeah Super Nintendo era games, and Ban Presto is still around. I don't know if they're still called Ben Presto, but, like, they were a company that either was owned by Bandai or were basically owned by Bandai. They worked with Bandai a lot. Uh, I don't... I I cannot recall off the top of my head that whether or not they were actually, like, a Bandai division for the entirety of the time, but the, the fact of the matter is they made a fuck ton of... Bandai games. Like, if Bandai pushed a game, I think at least half or more, maybe even like 75%, it was it was developed by Ban Presto. And and one of the long, long, long running series they had was the Battle series, which basically um suggest which basically uh the Battle series it is a crossover between multiple properties ostensibly for children, typically. Uh, Gundam, uh, Kamen Rider, um, and, and, uh, Ultraman being the really common ones. For whatever reason, Super Sentai was never in there, and I, I don't entirely understand that, because that is literally also owned by Bandai, if I'm remembering correctly. It seems like it should be in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if Bandai actually owns Ultraman or owned at the time. That's a question. That's a question. Does Bandai own Ultraman? Or is that more of a... Who owns Ultraman? The point is Bandai <laughs> was making them. Regardless of whether Bandai owned Ultraman or or Kamen Rider, Bandai was making this stuff, and they definitely... If they didn't own Gundam at that point... No, they owned Gundam by now, because they had just bought out Harmony Gold. Not Harmony Gold. Why did I say Harmony Gold? They had just bought out uh, Sunrise, the studio that made all the Gundam stuff, and they basically made it for Bandai half the time, so 
because Bandai's model kits were why those kept going. Uh. Um, but regardless, Bandai had close relations with every company that was producing stuff, that had stuff, and made a bunch of games with all of these characters, right? Sure. Yeah, That I mean, that it's a well-known name even to me, the person who doesn't know shit about any of this shit. Yeah, Bandai... I mean, Bandai was trying to get some of this stuff sold in the United States for years, and I can mention that because, like, it's more interesting than this game. But essentially, there were a billion battle games. There were RPGs. I think the series sort of started out mostly as tactics, like tactical RPGs. There's, like, a platforming RPG kind of game that I played a long time ago, I feel like. Yeah, like, that was one of them. I don't know the full battle chronology. I'll do more research for this when we inevitably have to play another more interesting battle game. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, so this... And it's definitely drawing a lot from the sort of... Specifically, the SD Gundam aesthetic and franchise, which has been a parallel franchise to Gundam for a very long time. SD standing for, or I think, uh, super deformed right. is how it was explained to me. <laughs> Wait, I think that's still what it is, which basically means chibi or chibis or chibis, as that one <laughs> video we keep referencing. Um. Basic, but basically the super squash. Yeah, yeah the squishy, like, big head kind of deal. What if Funko Pop didn't suck? Yeah, what if Funko Pop didn't suck? And so they made, like, SD Gundam model kits going back a decent Excuse me, decent ways. Pretty sure back to the 90s, probably before that. SD Gundam cartoons go back to at least the 80s, if I am remembering, and if not the 80s, the early 90s, which were these. Basically parodies of Gundam. They would have, like, Gundam cast... Like, they would have Gundam characters and also Gundam, like, robots. And all of them would have, like, personalities and talk. And all of them had recurring jokes. And all of them had these things, like, uh, Camille from Zeta Gundam was a cat boy in most of them. Is that a, is that a joke? <laughs> uh i think because it's like sort of uh there's just like a lot of jokes about camille being like what like, like like just because camille is like uh he's kind of a teenager who like is, who, who's got a big head and thinks he's cooler than he is basically holy shit yeah um his voice actor would eventually play millhouse on the simpsons in the japanese dub by the way uh so yeah and, and it would be these things like they did one that was literally just wacky races but with gundams that pretty much rules <laughs> and there's this ongoing like side character of um nisei gundam who is a zaku that wants to be a gundam and so nisei gundam has painted himself and modified himself although he is very obviously a gundam to look uh, very obviously a zaku to be a gundam and he is like very much bad things keep happening to him and constantly portrayed as just the sweetest robot that does not deserve any of the things that happened to him. And he is just this very poor little robot. And I'm, I, I'm very, very fond of Nisei, Nisei Gundam. That's very cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so they did stuff like this is a fantasy parody and it's got a lot of Gundams. Okay, so, like, because you have this property that's so huge, you can basically make parodies stuff with it without even necessarily trying, but they did try. 
Yeah, <laughs> what they I'm did. getting from that. <laughs> and they're fun. Like that I actually really enjoy most of them, right? Sure. I've never seen a, a uh second. like I I've like I've seen it. Like SD Gundam takes the shit uh take tries to, you know, take the shit out of a very serious mecha franchise for the most part. Uh it it, it also they also tried to sell SD Gundam since there were a lot of SD Gundam toys. They tried oh. to sell the toys to the US with this thing that they never actually released, but they finished a pilot for called Doozy Bots, which has all of the SD Gundam designs, but they're a team of cool teenagers who are who have uh-huh. their minds transferred into robots, which are SD Gundams, and fight evil robots, which are SD Ev- Gundams controlled by bad guy. That would be bad guy mechs. Wow. And has nothing to do with Gundam. At wow. all. <laughs> uh, insert... Wild. Doozy Bots theme somewhere in here, or a clip from Doozy Bots somewhere in here. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's sort of where that where the like Gundam half of this comes from because they were doing this. I've got a uh, and um because they were doing all of these parodies of Gundam, Gundam and and that. I am not aware of Common Rider or Ultraman doing the same thing. Uh, to give a little bit more of an introduction to all, I guess all of it. Gundam, military sci-fi series with a lot of robots, which is about how it's horrible for tri- how, boy, it's really fucked up that children literally pilot these giant robots and all of them get PTSD and a lot of people die. <laughs> Let's play uh, dodgeball now. <laughs> yeah, they play dodgeball now, which is also like why the SD Gundam exists so they can sell them to eight, sell it to eight-year-olds when like the Gundam anime series is more aimed at like 13-year-olds, right? I think that's funny how like is that a is that is that a thing in in Japan more where you have to like you know make something kid friendly before you sell it to kids cuz in the states we were selling RoboCop toys like when the movie came out so <laughs> Well that well I mean they they then they like sort of kidified RoboCop. Yeah, but it was retrospectively like they yeah. SD Gundam Maybe it didn't work that way, but like it is kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, they, well, the thing about Gundam was it literally is a toy commercial. It was originally intended to be a toy commercial. Okay. Well, um, that, make, that makes sense. I will sense say then. something is I've heard people say it's a toy commercial. And the thing is, a lot of the reasons people cite that it's a toy commercial, like how there's new robots all the time, have nothing to do with the toy line because the toy line had three, had three robots. <laughs> and, and most of the robots they introduced were just in the animated series. Well. That so they only had them because they felt like it. Uh, but that that's a whole, you know, that's a Gundam cast right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can talk about Gundam specifically all day, but I'm not. But, yeah. Gundam is supposed to be for toys. It got a fandom for model kits, which are skew a little bit older than the toys. Like, not this is a literal giant plastic toy for an eight-year-old, for like a six to eight-year-old. But like, this is a plastic model kit for more of a 10 to 15 year old kind of range. Right. And a lot of adults too, who got really into stuff like that. Well, and it seems to me like the, um, the model kits can range to be very, very detailed. (laughs) Well, now, now there's like a whole enthusiast, like cottage imagery. Oh, I see. So it wasn't always like that. Yeah. So like, that existed um there's also like a persistent sort of like girl fandom of gundam too wait you who said... like who like the boys in it oh okay is I what i've heard confused. is like sort of 
I mean, this is getting very straight, but this is what Yoshiyuki Tamino, the creator of Gundam, has said. That a lot of the people watching Gundam were, like, teen girls who liked uh, the drama and the characters there. And so you'll still see, to this day, every Gundam basically has, like, these teen boys. And it will also have, like, uh, for, like, the girls in the audience, and it'll have a bunch of robots to sell to, like, the robot figure audience. That's funny. And those are, like, the two driving engines that keep Gundam going. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, none of that seems to apply here. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It's so frustrating how they had all of this stuff to pull from, and they just didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, even... It doesn't even pull that much from SD Gundam, right? Because SD Gundam is, like, incredibly creative. Sounds like it. Yeah. And this is basically... It's like, what if we took the toys and made them smash together? Like, even their stupidest, the stupidest stuff I saw in SD Gundam from, like, the 80s and 90s SD Gundam stuff had at least, like, one or two amazing visual gags. Like, 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 it's really, really, really funny to see, like, Gundam, like, a Gundam character act, like, Snicker, like, uh, Snicker, like, Muttley from, from Wacky Races. Like, that's funny. (laughs) Like, it's a funny funny idea inherently. And, uh, and, like, this doesn't have any of it! <laughs> like, I'm not decrying SD Gundam. SD Gundam is delightful, at least. Like, I think some of the later series weren't as good, but the early stuff I really enjoy. And I love the SD Gundam kits. One of my favorite models I keep on my desk is an SD, like, original Gundam. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it, and it actually looks cool. Like, it's this cool little guy. And the way they simplified the design looks really good, right? It's not easy to simplify a complex design into recognizable parts at that scale, you know? Like, that takes real skill. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it is a much newer kit than what we'd be dealing with. But yeah, SD Gundam, like, typically, like, the sort of size you'd see in sort of capsule toys and erasers and that kind of thing. Pretty detailed design. Okay, let's do probably a quick rundown, I guess, of Ultraman and, uh... And Common Rider, because why not? Ultraman can only stay big for three minutes. He fights Godzilla's. Common Rider has a motorcycle. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> Ultraman has a complex mythology influenced by a number of sources, including Catholicism and Buddhism, depending on the particular ep- director of a particular episode. Uh, but basically, the gist is. The Ultraman characters are like they're like a, this these godlike space aliens who like can embody people on Earth and sort of possess them. At least in the first one, and I think this is the mythology that carries through the rest of it. I'm mostly familiar with the first Ultraman, but I'm a little familiar with later. Um, he fights a series of aliens, and then next season there's a new one, and they have this whole complicated family structure. There's like a dad Ultraman, there's several Ultraman brothers, there's a mom Ultraman. Ultra mom, obviously. Yeah. Uh, they all come from a planet, and it has this increasingly complex mythology free show that is still ostensibly about selling toys to children. There's a ton of Ultraman merchandise, you know, all all the usual stuff. That's the thing. All of these have a ton of merchandise for kids. Yeah, you can just Ultra- assume that, that it's all going to have tons of merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> Ultraman is, I think, a little bit more aimed at kids than, like, Gundam is, but about the same as SD Gundam, right? Uh, so, 
But, like, they also will often, like, once or twice a season, will have, like, a weird director work on it. Like David Lynch. I mean, not literally David Lynch, but the weird episodes are very, can be pretty Lynchian, actually. Okay, I like it. <laughs> it's more about the history of Ultraman, but basically there's a guy, he gets big and turns into a super-powered alien guy, and then he wrestles monsters on a set. Which, again, would be a fun thing to see in a bo- dodgeball game, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd love if you could get big and and uh, and throw the monsters at yeah, like, or something. I don't know. Fun? Like, it's called Battle Dodgeball. What if you could, like, do a suplex on the opposing team or something? I, I imagine, like, when I think of special moves, and this is obviously, like, setting the bar way too fucking high, um, is the... Uh, the final smashes from the new, the newest Smash Brothers. Like, if you could even get to five percent of the way there, I think that'd be pretty good for Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> like, very not not so much the like flashiness of it, but the character specificity of it. Like, the fact that Ridley throws you up onto Samus's ship and then blows the ship up. Like, that's funny in a way that you could, you know, I assume depict in the same way with Gundams and Ultraman and all that stuff. So, anyway, that's. And- my- criticism i've just been pasting pictures of hello kitty in gundams so there's that's fun <laughs> and then common writer i this is the one i'm the least familiar with so there's cards on the table here if you have problems with the accuracy of anything i said uh just assume you're right duck eggs um <laughs> there's two different approaches to that that you can take uh, apparently, but yes, two uh, different writer, definitely suck eggs. <laughs> the classic common writer setup, which can change because all of these shows have been on air for literally forty years, <laughs> if not longer. Uh, have is that uh, dude's a cyborg? Dude's a cyborg, and being a cyborg means he can transform into a thing with a bug head, robot bug head. Unless we're talking Shin Kamen Rider, where he's actually, like, half grasshopper DNA due to horrible medical science. Whoa. That's, like, that's like the specifically R-rated horror, body horror Kamen Rider. It's great. It's a great movie. Highly recommend it. Has nothing to do with this ep- with this game. <laughs> besides being kind of connected to Kamen Rider. But, yeah, he's basically a guy. He's a guy with it. So, like, unlike Ultraman, he doesn't get big. He just, like, turns into a superhero and he fights people in, like, warehouses and fights people in, you know, like, quarries is the classic. <laughs> he it, Like, in my in my zero experience with Kamen Rider, it strikes me as, what if there was only one Power Ranger? And I guess they don't, they get big, though, too. And sometimes there's more. Right. So it's literally just Power Rangers. That, well, not, not, not really. Like, basically, Ultraman always gets big to fight the monster. Uh, with maybe a short period of fighting a monster small, a uh, common writer never gets big, and Power Ranger and and Power Rangers are Super Sentai, as it is as the Japanese ver- show that Power Rangers is derived from is called. Uh, they 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 fight small and big, depending on what the plot wants them to do. Right. <laughs> so, still don't really know why they're not in this because that just seems like a no brainer to me. <laughs> Right, it really, like, it really, it. yeah. Like it just feels like why don't why aren't the Super Sentai in this? Like there's a billion of those, and they got a billion monsters. So like, why can't why aren't they here? Why in yeah. two do they add Mazinger? 
I don't know. That's a weird, a weird pull. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> and I guess and like talk just a little bit more about the series. I know I'm just monologuing here, and I'm probably wrong about half the shit I'm saying. Um, yeah, this series would eventually mutate, and it would eventually kind of get a spinoff in the form of Super Robot Wars, which a lot of people are probably more familiar with. There's uh... the really weird thing that is sort of connected to Super Robot Wars another century episode which is pointedly not by band presto it's by fromsoft <laughs> that's weird. uh armored core era fromsoft making a mecha game that was less realistic and less detailed but features a whole bunch of mecha from like gundam and other sources that's pretty cool that's pretty they're cool. supposed to be really good naturally we didn't get them here yep um From i've heard nothing but good things about another century episode uh but Oh, Tragically. Hey, I get it. Uh, Another century episode, Ace. Yeah. I've it's supposed to be pretty good because it's uh it, it's uh from software making a mech game, but with Gundams and other cool robots. There you go. I don't fucking know shit That makes way it. more I'm sense sorry. to me, I'm gonna be honest, than whatever this is. <laughs> yeah, this this I just I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I really, really, really... Like, it's literally for, you know, eight-year-olds to smash your toys together, but it doesn't have any of the fun that implies, is what I think is the problem. Well, I do want to know, why Dodgeball? Because Super Dodgeball must... It it feels like they saw Super Dodgeball and was like, oh, we could do that. That's the only thing I can think. Several years before this, though. Well, yeah, I'm sure this was it needed four years of development. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't even it know. It was made in like six months and you know it. <laughs> this is Dodgeball. The Super Dodgeball had multiple sequels in Japan. There is a Super Nintendo sequel, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Right. No, that franchise went on forever. Yeah. That's what makes me feel like they they were like, yeah, well, let's do this. I don't know. But that's the only thing I can think. If it was the same developers, I would be like, this makes sense. You have a game, you put some merchandise property over it, you call it good, right? This It doesn't make any sense that they chose Dodgeball to be, though, otherwise. It's just weird. Yeah, it's... I mean, they were doing everything. They did so many things. They also did yeah. Battle Pinball. Which you have said is very good, and one day we'll... It is we'll my favorite about. Nintendo Pinball game. Hey, 2027, here we come. <laughs> yeah. Um... Battle Pinball is uh, is a delightful game. It has four incredibly detailed tables. It's got mini games. It's like Devil's Crush. It's like the closest thing to Devil's Crush on Super Nintendo, even more than uh, I forget what the Crush game actually is on Super Nintendo. But I like this more than that. Mario's like- Crush World. I I I like this one. Al- I like it almost as much as I like Devil's Crush. Devil's Crush still edges out. But I like it a lot. I'm I always like edging the Devil's Crush myself. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what was that? I don't eat. Just, you know, I'm just saying words at this point. I'm delirious. I've I, <laughs> I've enjoyed your monologue very much. You've just been listening. And you're like, what? She, she's gonna talk about more about Gundam, and she's gonna talk about Sid Mead doing the some of the mechanical designs for. Turn A Gundam. Turn A Gundam isn't even in this game. That Turn A Gundam's like set, set like like uh, six years after this game. It couldn't be in this game. 
I I can't help it. My my I just start like looking up more Hello Kitty pictures. <laughs> Look, I so, found. Let's see how many I found. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different Hello Kitty Gundam crossover models you can build. <laughs> I think those were. I think a number of those are custom jobs. Uh they might be. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Um, at least the some, some of them of- are not models. One, at least one of them is just a statue you can buy. <laughs> So that's fun, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I it's, it's I, like they, I, there has definitely been official Hello Kitty whatevers, but there there I also think some of the ones you've linked are custom. The first four are absolutely not custom. The which this is great podcasting. I'm sorry. We're just anyway. describing these images. <laughs> We're not you even describing see. the images. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, these four. <laughs> Fucking. Um, in any case, it's so. the theater of the mind. You just have to think about what would Hello Kitty look like in a robot suit. Um, fuck. So, <laughs> Google Hello Kitty. Google Hello Kitty Gundam. That's what Kania did. Yeah, specifically Google Hello Kitty SD Gundam. And then take out the SD later to get more stuff. That's what I did. <laughs> anyway, um, I, th- I don't even. Yeah, is there much more to investigate? I don't think so. That's you know, like I could probably, if I really wanted to, read the Wikipedia page right now for Band Presto, but that doesn't feel like good enough. And we will play another Band Presto game someday. It's inevitable. Everybody, Google Band Presto. By volume, it's like. Ten percent of the games on Super Nintendo. So I <laughs> read their Wikipedia tra- <laughs> page. All yeah. right. <laughs> um, okay, so I think that that's. I don't have anything to say, unfortunately. Unfortunately, except I can tell you that seemingly the official rules of dodgeball are six ball. Excuse me, six balls, um, three laid out near the top and three laid out near the bottom at the on the uh, separating line, uh, so that, that everybody has to run and grab them. Uh, and it is possibly the worst spectator sport I've ever seen. It is so boring to watch. There's there's no tactics other than everyone throw their ball at the same person. Uh, it it they, because both teams are constantly on offense and defense. Um, there's no flow to the game. Um, it sucks bad to watch and is fun to play that's it <laughs> so that's the reason dodgeball has never become a spectator sport <laughs> i mean it mostly from what i understand exists as some way of essentially facilitating the bullying of children but with official oh for uh, sure support. but as an adult there's lots of little dodgeball leagues that you can join and have you know you can make a team and have fun like there's there's fun ways of playing dodgeball as an adult um and and of course, because people are adults, they're a lot less cruel. <laughs> so, um, but I, I I liked dodgeball even as a kid, even though I was terrible at it. Uh, you know, get beamed in the head with the ball. Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's all I have to say. So I think it's I think it's time for our final category. Can you believe we've we might make an hour and a half to two hours out of this? This is fucking not okay. Uh, <laughs> We're going to talk about our last category, which is, of course, Revelation. So this is the part where I ask people to uh, give their their sort of final thoughts on the game, um, typically. Um, there's two of us, so this will be nice and nice and short. I figure I'll go ahead and jump in, and then you can do your 
your monologue and and then I'm, I want to rate this um, <clears throat> seven balls <laughs> out of seven balls fuck it we're not even going for interesting jokes today <laughs> so um, so okay I had a good time playing this game with you I that was fun uh, I have fond memories of Battle Dodgeball 2 from being a kid um, I wish that dodgeball games were better this is the worst of a kind of game that is already pretty bad, and it's sad. I don't know anything about Gundam. I don't know anything about Ultraman. I don't know anything about Kamen Rider. Maybe all of this would help me be more connected to the characters and their various stats. Okay. But <laughs> it's, it's just really not worth anyone's time. And I understand why nobody... Why, why I had such a hard time getting people to record with us, other than there were also very many life events for the first recording. So it's it's a tough one. I'm glad this is out of our um, uh, list of games to play, and uh, the first one will never come up again. I might even move the other ones to Salaryman Corner. No. <laughs> I don't want to fucking talk about dodgeball anymore, Tiger. Yeah, but there's only dodge. Oh, you mean the dodgeball is like, no, we should leave the other battle games in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. I just don't want to talk about like, dodgeball. Unfortunately, there's still stuff to talk about in those. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll talk about whatever. Um, but yeah, so I give this game, let's say, two out of seven balls, because I did enjoy playing it with you. Um, Bing Bing Bingo, on the other hand, I give seven bings out of seven, because it's the best possible version of what it could be. There's there's no... Imp- you, could, you literally could not improve that game one iota. I don't think there's anything that you could do with that premise that's any better than Bing Bing Bingo, so we give that seven bings. Um, so, alright, you, you have the floor. So, as a fan, of, as a big Gundam fan, as a as a sort of casual, but, you know, significant Ultraman fan, and as somebody who always has admired what common writer she's seen, this game is a disappointment on virtually every level as an actual person who cares about any of this. <laughs> it doesn't... It, 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 it's not that I think it should all be taken seriously, it's that it's not taking it seriously and doesn't even seem to be having much fun with that. Um... Seeing the potential stuff like older SD Gundam just being this very... Being able to call out Gundam itself. Being able to just poke fun at the idea of Gundam. And and exist... And have fun with stupid jokes that are... Stupid jokes that are made funnier by the fact that they are being... Uh, enacted by c- war criminals and machines of war crimes. <laughs> and this game doesn't do anything with that. Like, you could have, you know, there could be jokes about what, there could be jokes about, like, it, how everybody hates a particular Ultraman in it, right? You could have jokes like that. Maybe that's all in the story mode that we can't access. Maybe it is. But nothing about this seemed fun. Nothing about this seemed like it was utilizing these characters to really enhance the gameplay or the graphics, really. Mm-hmm. Like, how how does Super Dodgeball look better? And it's literally just about high schoolers. It's literally just about high school delinquents who wear t-shirts and have uh, pompadours. 
Yeah. And they all look the same. They look great. Basically. It's great. <laughs> and they look way better, and it looks way better and has way more personality than this. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. It's not even, like, if you don't have a connection to these, you're gonna be disappointed. Not because it doesn't take the franchises seriously enough or whatever, because that's silly, but because it doesn't have enough fun with not taking it seriously either. It's a weirdly serious game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, how can a thing which is these cute cartoon versions of all of these things be this morose? I <laughs> I can't even... Like, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just very disappointing. And when I think I recommended this game, probably, what, six fucking months ago or whenever we recorded that, I, I was like, this is going to be great because... Battle Pinball is, because Battle Pinball does, like, like, it's a, it's a pinball field, and it's like, oh, a monster just destroyed part of the field! Oh, that's dope. <laughs> or like, oh, the little box that, it, you know, there's like a little bonus area, and it looks like a warehouse, like Common Rider would fight in, right? And you smash up this little warehouse. And that's fun, right? Like, even if it's not super cartoony or comedic, it's entertaining and enjoyable to see giant a, a pinball stadium that's a city and watching giant monsters go throughout this city and, and like, hit buildings and stuff with a pinball. That's just inherently enjoyable in and of itself, and it's a pretty well-designed pinball game besides. This doesn't have any fun like that. It doesn't... It, it does Like, some of the backdrops, like, if you squint really hard, kind of look like a city. Some harder. of them are kind of kinda in space, but it there's just nothing like like I think one of them's like, oh, that's a building from a colony on Gundam, but it's just they're just buildings. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. if it was like a burning colony, if it was like a colony that was like blowing up, that would be f cool, right? But it doesn't do it. Like it's just it's just a wasted it's just wasted potential and and a really mediocre design. Yeah, I that's it. It's it's just it's just wasted potential. It doesn't do anything with anything. And and also, one thing we forgot to mention is there's no penalty for not passing. There's no timer. There's no reason not to just hold on to a oh, ball yeah. forever. So I am absolutely positive that children have gotten into fist fights over this game. Yeah, you can just literally hold on to the ball forever. Yeah, can you just imagine that with two eight-year-olds and some eight-year-olds, like, pass, throw it, throw it, and the other one just, like, passes the ball back and forth between their guys? <laughs> yeah, that's... For, like, you know, for, guy. like, ten minutes? Because, you know, kids do that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, when people are like, oh, kids curse and all kids or whatever, it's like, I didn't do that, but, like, little passive-aggressive shit like that? Yeah, kid, I did that. 100%. My friends did that. Everybody fucking did some stupid passive-aggressive thing thing to their friends when they were eight that's just that's being eight <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so like i just it's miserable for everyone which is why i'm giving it one ball <laughs> mono ball mono ball <laughs> so never play this fucking game <laughs> don't don't just don't uh all right well i think this might be the least fun i've ever had picking up a battle game because i have picked up a couple others and those were like i have no idea why this is a side-scrolling rpg or whatever i think this is the worst one i have played 
It's just the least fun I've had outside of Fune Taro for uh, Super Nintendo. That's fair. I will say that this is better than Fune Taro because this had less of like a question of why am I playing video games in general and more just like why am I playing this game in specific. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fune Taro gave me a vague existential crisis about what I was doing with my life. And this game is just like, ah, I mean, it's Yeah, this game is just like, okay, we got to get this shit out of the way, which is why we're doing a two-person episode. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, well, thanks everyone for tuning in. This is the, that's it for this podcast. Um, <laughs> here's my script. Hey, everyone, where can people find you if they want more of you? <laughs> So, everyone, tell me more. <laughs> um, you can find me mostly on this podcast feed. Hell yes. Where I do um extremely irregular episodes of Book of Mega Drive. That project is not over. I will continue to do episodes, just don't expect them to be especially regular for the time being. Um just because I got st- other stuff I'm looking at right now. They'll still happen. Don't worry. They'll happen. But it's it's a, it's a sort of a when I can do it thing. I guess that's the official announcement. Maybe I should say that on Twitter or something. <laughs> I think people know that's just what the schedule's been. Yeah, that's just, that's just how it is. Like last year, I was like, I'm going to get one out every month. And guess what happened last year? So... <laughs> I think taking a casual will actually get me will get more stuff done. That's my belief. Casual, maybe. Yeah. Um look forward to an episode recorded early last year, sometime in the future. And uh if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at automatic tiger. I probably should have said that up top. I'm feeling lackadaisical today. You can find me on the slick button forums as automatic tiger. It's great. Uh, you can you can find information about that other podcast sometimes uh, at Book of Mega Drive, and which is also on this podcast feed. So you know, stay tuned. You'll 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 find out more about those as they happen. Um, I have an itch page. Uh, uh, itch. I think it's automatictiger.itch.io. I've got a tabletop game there. I might put... I'm probably going to try to put at least one or two more things up there this year. That's my goal. Have, like, one more thing I can put on my itch page. What it'll be, I can't tell you quite yet. I've got a lot of irons in the fire that way. So I'm working behind the scenes. So if you want more Tigris content, there will be more Tigris content. Uh, yeah. That's what I got to say. That's what I got to say. So, uh... Have have fun, everyone, I suppose. <laughs> Live your best life. Live your best life. Today <laughs> I don't necessarily feel like I am, thanks to Battle Dodgeball, but... No, that's not true. I had a great time today. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun for playing playing it. It was fun. It, yes, it was fun to hang out. Hi, Finn. Kania. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Kania. You can find my Bandcamp at uh, vasselkania.bandcamp.com. It's like uh, Castlevania backwards. Um, I'm a little upset because the Packers just lost to the Bucks, and now the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. And the last thing I wanted to see was a Tom Brady Super Bowl for the 32nd year in a row. But that's okay. Editor's note: It was not okay. <laughs> um, here's the part where I tell you. Oh, I'm on uh, the select button forums as uh, Vassal Kenya. I mean, just go to the select button forums. You'll know who I am. Um, 
I'm going to tell you what you can do to help us. If you like this podcast, spread the word. I don't advertise this. Word of mouth is all that we get. So tell your magically growing ultra dad or maybe just tell your talking motorcycle. Does Common Rider have a talking motorcycle? Common Rider does not typically have a talking motorcycle. I don't want to preclude that possibility from ever being a thing. But I, think... I do not think that is a standard feature of the character. Again, I don't know enough about the character to say for sure there's no talking motorcycle, but I can't remember, recall one either. I figured it was like Knight Rider, but then he's a cricket or whatever. No, the motorcycle <laughs> is almost like, you know, like he rides the motorcycle to the quarry, then get off, gets uh, off the motorcycle yeah. and then beats up a monster. Got it. All right. Uh, but you can also tweet about us. Just spread the word if you like us. I mean, just tell people who you think will like this podcast. Um, so you can also give us reviews on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict. Uh, I don't have any new reviews off hand, so I forgot to check. Sorry. Hope we got an email that nobody has ever emailed something to. Be the first. Yeah, you can send an email to uh, SNES at SNES.zone. If you get a bounce back, try again in a, in a couple of weeks and let me know on Twitter <laughs> because I had to recently change my uh, domain again because I fucked up. Um, it's no longer SNES, uh, SNES.club, it's SNES.zone. Again, back back to the old book. It's good, it's good that you told them that. Um, now, it's also on Twitter, so, you know, whatever. Um, and we've got a Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash SNEXploration. Uh, I pay a little bit for hosting. I pay a little bit for domain renewals. So whatever you can chip in help. What you can get is you could uh, uh, force us to play a game, but nobody's ever wanted to pay that much. So, you know, whatever. It's fine. I'm doing fine. I have a job. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, and as always, for more inane video game discussion, jump into the selectbutton.net forums. That's what I always say. Uh, this episode was... A random choice. So the next game is an explorer's choice. Um, if um, did I mention last episode where we were playing? It's been like two months. If I did, uh, it's probably Lady Stalker, uh, which was chosen by Rudy. Get all the get all the information on that, and I'll edit it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but let's assume let's assume that that's what's happening. Uh, but the uh, so that's going to be the next episode, and after that, we're going to vote on these three games. Uh, that would be Lucky Luke, which I did know ahead of time, which is why I thought about the game. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Foreshadowing. Yeah, it's not going to win. Bounty Sword. I don't know what that is. Um, Sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Probably name. isn't. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's untranslated, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but this is, I know it's going to win. It's Umihara Kawase. That's going to win, for sure. <laughs> so. Top I just gets all the games they want on this. I mean, they really like a lot of Super Nintendo games. And and I assure you, I because I, I recently went through and picked the rest of the games for the year, and I, I may have left out a game or two where I'm like, okay, we just played a game super similar to this, and I don't want to do it again. But these are super random for the most part. Like, I very, very lightly pressed the scales by moving one game, I think, for the whole year. The next couple of, like, announcements for voting game the games we're voting on are going to be fucking weird <laughs> and you're going to be like what the hell um so i just wanted to to warn you about that but um yeah so please that's it
If you want us to talk about something, don't vote Bounty Sword because it's an untranslated strategy RPG. Oh, yeah, definitely vote one or the other two. So thank you for looking that up. See, I told you. That's what's going to win it. That's a, that's why they're going to vote for it. No, we are going to definitely. Tulpa's going to like campaign for Wihara <laughs> Kawase, which is like a grappling hook game. And that's going to win. So anyway. Well, what... people have heard of that one. Well, that's also certainly. true. That's a rarity if we got a game that people have heard of. Yeah, wait until the next two. The next two <laughs> are going to be games where it's going to be super popular. Um, anyway, that's okay. Um, but yeah, go vote on this. It'll be up when this podcast comes out, twitter.com forward slash snexploration, SN exploration. If you've listened all the way to the end, uh, thank you. That's a, that was a long one for some reason. I'm not 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 in practice. Usually I make that a little bit faster. So um but yeah, so until next time, it's not super dodgeball. It's not battle pinball. It's not any of the other games in the battle series. <laughs> it's not uh any of the other games in the Kunio Kun series. And <laughs> As always, it's not Chuck Rock. <laughs>